Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Greg Scott. With me, I have my two good friends. Jay Beaverton. And the Irish Giant. And the show you're listening to is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons, where we, like the name implies, we talk about beards. Uh, some beards is kind of a catch-all. We do uh, beard products, reviews, samplings, tips for shaving, tips for keeping your beard healthy. Yeah, It's also a catch-all. We do manly things like smoke cigars and other whatnot, and nerdy things like Star Wars and Star Trek. Is also, right. also, washing your beard after you have a cigar because you don't want it to linger. It does linger. <laughs> exceptionally long. Yeah. Yeah. You guys smoke a lot of cigars. It does. <laughs> show also looks at beers. We sample beers. We taste them, tell you how we think about them. Finally, we do the same thing for bourbons because we love beers and bourbons. We got to double up on that. And we try to find fun ones that we not always available in every location. So, yeah, exactly. And then if you stay around to the final end of the show, after we roll our credits, quote unquote, we do the silent B, which is just uh, shenanigans, uh, usually fun shenanigans. Yeah. Stream of consciousness type stuff like what question and like what where can this conversation go from this weird question so let's jump into it today we have Ooh. what do we have we have dragon's milk white which is a bourbon barrel age white stout originally they made the the uh, traditional stout also bourbon barrel aged as well too who is this who is this by who is being this this is uh new holland brewing yeah thank you you're right thank you yeah, out of Holland, Michigan. There you go. They do the original, quote unquote, original Dragon's Milk that a lot of people had. And then I've had the Cabin Fever that they put out, Brown Ale. Oh, I haven't had that one either. Yeah, I picked that up last year. I think that's one of I think that's one of their seasonal ones. What, 6%? Yeah, 6%, 6% ABV. 6%. Yeah. All right, I'm excited to try this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the other, um, the original, it's interesting too, the original... Like I said, quote unquote, original Dragon's Milk is 11% yeah. ABV. So I'm surprised that this is doesn't have quite the punch well, to it. I mean, I've been noticing that a lot of beers are going back down in their ABV because like, it's nice to be able to drink more than one at a time. But if it's like a 12% or 13% ABV, I don't know how many you can drink in a row, especially because like the sugar gets up there. Well, you know, the, uh, the Irish giant here can, can polish some stuff off. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've seen you do it. Yeah. I'm ready to crack this bad boy open. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I already did. I'm waiting. See, I waited. Um, how nice of you. Well, poor, poor, poor. Yeah, poor, poor, poor. It's got some nice color, nice, nice head coming up. Yeah, it just weirds me out whenever I see a stout that is oh, it because it doesn't look like. It looks like a gold ale from like the light that I see. It doesn't. Yeah, because they're they're not roasting all the uh, the malt, malt and stuff like that. So give it that dark color it doesn't smell like a stout that's a little coffee a little cocoa yeah i'm getting that too a little vanilla. sweetness yeah, yeah a little bit of vanilla yeah i'm digging that yeah it's good to get a nose i just i was expecting you know maybe because all the all the stouts have roasted barley or malt rather. right yeah i think this may be like maybe the third white stout i've had and i'm still always surprised but like it's pouring like an ale this yeah. is the first one i've ever had actually i think oh wow it's delicious Really? Because that's not what your facial expressions just said to me. Mm. That it was, really... it was way sweeter than I was expecting it to, to be. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So that kind of caught yeah. me off guard, but it's like a coacher tongue. Very creamy. Also like milk, but for a beer, I mean, it's not, it's not, the consistency isn't like thick. It's still a little heavier than your normal ale would be because it is a stout, but it still has the sweetness, but it's not. It's not quite like an imperial, like a definitely not an imperial style, but it's got that creaminess, creaminess feel. It's almost like a cream ale. Yeah, a cream ale would probably be a better 
name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because the, it's coming up with 35 IBUs, which um, I can taste. And I, I don't know. I think it's, that's, that's about the most that I would personally want to tolerate. Yeah. Like 35, 45 is pretty much where I stop. Usually stouts are traditionally more bitter. This one's, I'm not getting any bitterness at all. No, but it's also barrel age too, which is going to mellow it out a little bit more. But yeah, it it pours really, really pretty. I'll say it's got a really excellent mouthfeel. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just kind of like coats your tongue and then like the, uh, the bubbles are kind of like, are effervescent off your tongue. Yeah, definitely very easy, easy to drink this. I can't imagine anybody not liking it unless you're not into sweet. If you're not into sweet beers, I wouldn't try it. Well, no, try it, and you know, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try. Check it off it. your list. Yeah, always. Try. I mean, I hate, I hate IPAs, but I'll always try one just so I can say, yeah, yeah I hate this, but you know, yep, still hate it. it. <laughs> still hate it. Yeah, like celery, raw celery. I hate it, but I'll still try it every now and then. It's kind of, it's. I will say, it's kind of one-dimensional in flavor. Like it doesn't like evolve a lot. Mm, but yeah, I, would no... ex- I would expect maybe the barrel aging to, to let it do a little bit more, but. Yeah, there's no front end and then there's no back. It's just the one. I'm just getting, yeah, just getting the one taste, really. Yeah. No. Yeah, problem. I would agree. I think the nose is more complex than the actual taste. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that this was their attempt to, we make this one on the one hand that's like high in the bitterness and it's very high ABV. Let's make something that maybe people that are not craft beer drinkers can drink more of and try to get that share of the market. We got to make more money. How can we make more money? The search for more money. This is good. This is a good beer. This is a good beer. It's unexceptional, but it is good. And it's it's yes. not really. It's pretty well priced. Like if I was at a bar, if I was at our, our tap room or something, I would just get get one. Yep, this is good. And then I'd probably move on after that. But you know, if somebody offered to to buy me one additional after that, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for the beers. Um, as far as like at least tasting it. We did look at a couple articles that we might just talk real quick about. There's an article out of Fox and uh, talking about like tap rooms and brew brew pubs and how they're they're hurting through the COVID. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, it seemed like a 65 percent decrease in sales uh, since it started. Just like yeah. I can imagine, yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, that's it is, and it's not. And we just had a resurgence here in in Florida, so they they the group they opened back up, and now they're being forced to kind of close back down again. So they moved back to just package sales and to go sales, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, growers, growers, it's just going to be the way to be, you know. For at least you know, for me, if I go to a brewery or something, I'm going to want to get enough to last me for a while. Well, they also do their own can. They have most brewers around here. They have their own canning line, so they sell their own cans out of their tap rooms. Did you know that you can't do direct beer shipments in in most states? Like, there's only eight states in the U.S. that you can do direct yeah. beer shipment. I didn't know that because of the the, the, the three tier system. But wine has had it for 20 years, and they're allowed to ship basically anywhere. Yeah, that's good. I don't know why that is. If you have a brewery that that's also their own distributor, though, that's that's a way to get around that, though, right? Uh, yeah, but that's an extra license that you have to pay for. And that's, that's a lot. I, of I can't money. imagine that's cheap. Yeah, it's not. It's not cheap. Yeah, I don't know how wineries. I have to. I have to research that unless that somehow they. Oh, we're a. This is a fruit company. We're 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 not we're not prohibition doesn't affect us. But I don't see how that gets carried around. That I think honestly it goes back to like, you know, wine is for the sophisticated person and beers for the everyday man. You know. Yeah. And so there's that kind of stigma going with it, even though 
crafting beers. It's, it's a science, you know, it's, it's quite mm-hmm. a bit of work actually. Spending time in the package industry, I learned a lot about wineries and like the whole kind of family tradition, handing stuff down and, and, the, and they, they do a lot of good work the wineries do. So it's, I understand that, but yeah, there's always that kind of wine is for like a fancy dinner time. Plus it's like, it's got that religious aspect to it too, in certain places where beer is kind of like, Oh, that's just for, that's just for the, the, the lowest common denominator. We don't need to give, we don't need to keep that around. Yeah. There's a uh, comedian singwriter, songwriter, excuse me. And uh, he sings about Craig is the uh, brother of Christ. And, uh, <laughs> well, the line is something that affect like, uh, he doesn't turn water into wine. He turns it into cold coarse light. Yeah, I, I think I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I hope that breweries try to just find a way to hunker down and sell what they can sell package-wise and, and get through this because there's going to be a need for drinking after this is over. <laughs> there's a need for drinking now. At the end of the day, though, you know, don't forget it's, it's uh, hashtag buy local. So that's, uh, that's what's important. Yeah, there's, there's talk about like creating a community supported beer like a subscription program for different states so you can go you know like getting beer delivered like you get wine or anything else you know and it's like uh you know drop off oh here's your weekly beer supply of this and here's your next week of that you know which kind of cool sounding yeah that'd be nice they'd have to probably be privately transported because i know you can't <laughs> send it you can't send it through ups or or the, the postal service yeah no i, I was saying That's more like all. a a legitimate version of that right yeah yeah Yeah, just yeah make your own transportation company yeah or maybe 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 the future will be a uh, an uber or a uh you know e24 and they just deliver beer local locally craft beer they just go right collect them around and drop them off well uber eats uber eats now they offer i mean they'll they've got uh liquor stores that are on there and you could i mean you pay through the nose for it but if some yeah. of them have really good selections of you know local breweries and stuff like that. That's cool. I didn't know that. I don't well, think we at, least, at least here in Florida, but maybe in Virginia we do. I just I'm not aware of it. Well, I think we've beaten that horse enough into the ground. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and segue into the bourbon section. So I cheated a little bit because it's not really a bourbon. <clears throat> it isn't so I, it isn't? Oh no. <laughs> this is actually isn't a bourbon it's a whiskey so it's a highland whiskey from the highlands of scotland and so basically they import it into um into virginia lovington virginia which is kind of halfway between roanoke and charlottesville for those who are in virginia and they they cask it in port barrels used port mm-hmm. barrels and let it sit for i think about a year at the lecture number and then this is what you get so this nice. is a, a fairly local uh, Virginia distillery, which is kind of cool. And so this is 92 proof. And like I said, it's six plus years old. So it smells amazing. I said that little bottle that you got there, there, Greg, that's not going to do it justice for you being able to, to smell it. I mean, I get for me, I get I get actually caramel and chocolate on the nose. Yeah, I can see that. Or I can smell that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm waiting for you guys, but like this, like it's, I don't genuinely, I don't want to sound like an alcoholic, get too excited about booze, but like I'm excited to try this one. This one just smells amazing. I mean, it's okay to be excited about it. Just don't, moder- moderation is the, the key. Just don't. Yeah, moderation. <laughs> over, That's over. Sorry. Although I, have known I, I, I have generations of alcoholism on both sides of my family. So I, I try to. Uh, you know, Me too. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Wait, <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Hashtag too soon. 
and again, this is the Virginia Distillery Company. I don't think I mentioned the name. So, okay. So they don't distill anything. Wait, do they, do they do they distill their own stuff, or is this? As far as I'm aware, they don't distill anything. They just bring in. They source like a lot of like. Well, that's what all these small brewers do. Or not so how do they call distillers. themselves the Virginia Distillery Company if they don't distill anything? <laughs> that's uh, maybe that's they make some gin. You know, maybe they make a little bit me? of uh, yeah. you know, a little bit of a rum, something that's that's basic. A little little vodka in there. Oh, alcohol vapors, man. Really? I'm maybe not. Just really? Vodka. I don't. Less sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. I'm telling you, I just I pick up chocolate really on that one. Well, Highland whiskeys are known to be me- more mellow than some of their other counterparts compared to, like, say, an Isla, which is like peaty. Super peaty. Yeah. I get a little bit of peat on it, but but not too much. It's got great color. It's like this really. So I really like port cask whiskeys because it gives it like this really beautiful kind of amber color, amber tones to the color. Uh, yeah, and it, it gets nice. It mellows. I think it for me at least it mellows the taste quite a bit too. So, all right, I'm excited. Let's let's do this. All right, Lachaim. That is burning more than I thought it would. It burns quite a bit there, more than I think it should. That's <laughs> right on the back of the tongue too. Okay, that's one of the ones where, um, for me at least, if you keep it in your mouth and swish it around while it's there, you don't get the burn. But yeah, at the back end. So you're yeah. sitting on like mouthwash? Does, does, does that make any sense? No, no. Just, just, to, just to coat the tongue and make sure, you know, I get all the taste buds coated. So, I, you know, but yeah, like Listerine. You know, you swish around Listerine. It doesn't burn too much. And then you either spit your Listerine out or swallow it, whatever you want to do. And uh, then it burns. But I don't think this burns too much. I like this. I, well, I would cut it maybe with a small piece of ice, but. It's got a really weird taste of prune for some reason. Maybe that was me, but I mean, it's still got that mellowness to it but i tasted prune for one split second i thought there'd be more it's vanilla but i mean it's not i mean it's a a whiskey it's sweeter on the nose that like it smells sweeter it smells like it should be sweeter than it than it actually is but yeah uh, i definitely got more vanilla on the nose than i did than i did in the actual tasting of it and what was the uh what was the abv on this one 92 proof okay Yeah, I think I think this is one of the ones where you'd want to let it open up a little bit, or just cut it with like just a tiny, tiny bit of ice. Yeah, I actually yeah. pour a little bit of water into mine. That's I find ice lately just makes too much water into it, so I just do a couple drops of water. Mm. That's more than a couple drops, but we'll, we'll hope for the best. It'll be drank. It's okay. It'll 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 be it'll be drank. Yeah, not really much peat at all on that. Like I would expect. I, would expect I mean, I know it's a Highland, but I would expect a little bit more. So I should say I should preface. I like the I like the flavor profile. I think it's nice. I think the port adds a little nice finish to it. It's got a little more a little more alcohol than I think it should, but it's still meant to prove. This is available for like like bottle purchases. I'm assuming it's available since you got. It. So this comes in. It's at VABC Virginia ABC all throughout the state. It is a fifty seven dollar bottle. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't. I don't think I would personally. Yeah. You can get them on sale for about fifty, but still. But it's local. It's you know created in the state, so I think it's not something I want to buy every day. But I think it's I think it's worth adding to your collection just to, to sample it, just to have it. Now, would you, you? I know we were talking last show about the Infinity Bottle. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you use this in an Infinity Bottle with anything? Or this was added to the Infinity Bottle. It was that. okay. Yep. All right. You know, it's definitely good whiskey. I can see why it would be in the up upwards of fifty dollar range because anything that's poured cast finished, it's that's a Highland whiskey. It's going to be up there a little bit. Yeah. I mean, comparable, you could, I guess you could get like 
let's see, the Bowman port finish is like $40, which is another Virginia one. Angel's Envy port finish is... That's what I was thinking of. 50-ish? Somewhere. I'll say 60. No, what? Really? Isn't it? Well, did the port... Well, I, I might be wrong. I thought it would be... Well, yeah. since, whiskey, since whiskey prices are going up everywhere, I would assume it'd be 60. Angel's yeah. Envy, though, has come, has come down in price um, in the last couple mm-hmm. of months. Yeah, that's the that's the sad part about drinking a, a craft liqueur or you know something like this is like it just keeps going up in price like and it's it's harder and harder to find something that you actually want because there are a group of people who like to collect which is awesome and then there are a group of people who like to drink it and that's cool too and then there's like Disney and like all these companies who just like hoard the rest of it I don't know so it's yeah. hard to find good stuff lately. Well, I know the last time you were here at the Play Pig to see all those whiskey bottles on the, the top shelf yeah. of that restaurant and they're like well how'd they get those well disney yeah. might help them out a little bit yeah when you get the connections use them right what's it called the whiskey pig the polite pig the polite pig it's a it's yeah. a really nice whiskey bar i say it's not really nice but they have a really nice selection there at disney springs That's yeah and you wouldn't think and you wouldn't think a disney springs restaurant would have that but but it's like a you just walk in if you're just eating it's just a barbecue just you get barbecue fare but they have a decent craft beer bar too and it's just and but if you look upwards there's just a bunch of whiskey bottles up on the top shelf no literally like we're walking past uh, disney spring last time we were down there as we're walking past disney spring and these restaurants i look up and i see like this like shrine to, to whiskeys and bourbon it's like this gold hued color shrine and i look up like oh man we gotta come back yeah it's great i love i love that i love going there when i'm when i have a chance and they're actually doing it right they're actually temperature checking people and making people wear the mask and keep it on because like we were just there a couple days ago. This uh, is Disney Springs, or yeah, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have they have people walking around, and if you have your mask off and you're not eating or drinking, they will they will tap you on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, just put your mask back on." You couldn't they, pay me enough to go there right now. Do they, they tap actually, you with like a six foot stick? It made me feel safer than actually a friend of ours brought up a good point. She's like, I feel safer going there than than grocery stores because they're actually enforcing it and doing the right thing. So I'm like, you know what? I agree. I was surprised. Speaking of, we're speaking of masks during the COVID crisis, right? So we went to Walmart in the next town over and they had a guy out there, you know, a Walmart employee making sure you had a mask before you came into the store. Which yep. I thought was cool. We go to, uh, I'm not going to name stores here, but the groceries, all the grocery stores, <laughs> and then the the you know the place that has the big circle with the other circle inside of it, and uh, Target. And no. these guys are just not checking; they don't care. They have signs Target. posted. Oh, That's I'm starting to break in with that. They're doing a new, another Evil Dead, another season. No, another movie. Another movie. Oh wow! Yeah, there, there was Evil a TV Dead. show. Yeah, it's going to be called Evil Dead. Now it's it's going to be a sequel. So Sam Raimi's going to direct it? or I think so. Uh, I think he's on board, and so is Bruce Campbell. Oh, man, that makes my heart patter. Yeah. That's awesome. Look it up. I, I heard it on it was some other podcast I heard it on. All-time favorite director, one of, is Sam Raimi. And I love the, the Bruce, <laughs> the chin that kills. The Bruce. Yeah, he's great. The greatest B actor you will ever find. Who revels in it, being a B-list actor. He, he loves yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in here. Mrs. Irish Giant tried it. And she kind of had a similar reaction to you just now, uh, Beavers in there. Yeah, she said she it's would. It's good. Uh, it's just that burn. Yeah, she said she would mix it with Coke and uh, and, <laughs> and then old sense. Yeah, and then and then just to one up, and she said cherry Coke, you know, just to make sure that uh, you know it was done justice. Uh, okay. I wonder how this would be in like an old fashioned with like some cherries, cherry bitters, and whatnot. 
I mean, I know you're going to get the peach. It doesn't need the mix. I don't think it would need bitters. I mean, that's but just my not. take on it. Well, bitters, yeah, can make it, bitters can make it sweeter or add a little bit more, like, I get depth depth to it. So I, I can see that. I probably won't do that, mind you, but uh, I was curious. Up to you. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, no, you can do a save it for something, you know, fancy and sophisticated like a whiskey sour. I did do something weird last night, though. (laughs) I did a, I did a, a a coffee cube, not a cube, but a sphere. Yeah. Oh man, I've been seeing that blown up my my feed. Yeah. Yeah. I tried. Me too. It wasn't. I thought it was good, but then again, I did use whistle pig. So what? You wasted whistle pig on that? Yeah. I, I just had to kill the rest of the bottle, and I'm just like, "This is delicious." But then again, I did have a few. So beers wait, before that. so wait, so you so you made a, a wh- sphere with whiskey pig coffee. and coffee, no. or coffee no. sphere you dissolved in whiskey whistle pig? What you do is, uh, I have one of those like plastic shells, the, like, right. like a ball, basically, yeah, yeah, a silicone ball, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you take a, so a funnel, yeah, take a funnel, and you put it on the top, and you pour cold brew coffee into the top. You freeze it, you make a sphere. You put that in the glass, then you let it freeze enough, and you pour the whiskey over the cube and let it melt, and then that's it. Just seems like a a waste of good whiskey. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. it does. It kind of hurts my heart to do that. I mean, I got some least... pushback when I I I shared it in a group, and they're like, "You did that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Was it decent coffee though? I mean, it wasn't yeah. like fucking Folgers Instant or something. No, it was, way, right? uh, okay. it was Starbucks uh, cold brew. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I they mean, sell it know. in the little bottles. Yeah, oh, that's right. good. I mean, I'm only I'm only slightly less offended by that now. So, well, thank cool. you. Yeah, I'm still triggered, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> well, I'm like, I had a couple beers, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna have some. Fuck co- it. And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, enjoy your whiskey however you want it. If you bought it, you can enjoy it how you wanted it. So, just the gist of what I'm saying. You know, the, the was it Pappy who uh, drank it with Coca Cola or Sprite or something? So, yeah. But if you make it and you, it just comes out. You know, you have barrels and barrels of it. How else are you going to, you know, at some point you're just going to be like, man, I don't want to drink it straight anymore. Okay, ice is good. Now I want something else. Yeah, why not? It's yours. So again, Virginia Highland Whiskey, Portcast finished. This is Virginia Distillery Company. Surprisingly, it, it's won a crap ton of awards. Since 2017, it's won Best American Blend Malt and the World Whiskey yeah. Awards. And then a couple others there. But I'm like, then I had to stop and second, like, how many other American blended malts are there? And maybe there, maybe there are tons. I don't know. I mean, you think there was that would be a, a fairly large category? I don't know. I just know about malt liquor, the MD twenty twenty and stuff like that, which isn't really liquor, which is odd. No, it's not. It's no, malt it's beverage. Not. Sorry, right? Because Colt, Colt forty five is not liquor. Oh god. You know, it's good. Yeah, I can see why. It's definitely the nose and the taste definitely different tasting. So I can see why it's win some awards because people like to have some variation. Yeah, and then, yeah, the variation is a little different, a little something. Well, something something more than you thought well now we've had our beer we've had our whiskey and i guess we'll segue into our beards portion of the show all right so this is the beards portion of the show this time we actually did some sampling i had the guys all of us wear beard oil and test it out so this is the beard guys with a z at the end because they're trying to be cools i don't know mm. but uh we wore it for about two weeks and i guess we're just going to talk about what kind of our opinion of it so you don't want to go for it i know the oil i got the oil was good like the high quality there uh i just got a lot of citrus smell yeah from that did you notice and any it, improvement with the 
with uh, your bearded, it's, your softness of yeah. the beard? But you definitely want to use some oil on, even if you just have a goat, because I used to have a goatee. It's not very large, but it still helps out with the softness because it's because like even the hair can get pretty prickly, especially if you're you put a mask on, they take a mask off, and you're in the heat, and you're in air conditioning, so it can definitely take a toll. So you definitely want that kind of protection. But yeah, I definitely noticed an improvement using it. I like the scent. I liked how it wasn't overly oily in my hand after I was done working into the facial hair. Agreed. I think it made I think it made the skin softer and not as not as flaky because I, I get a little bit of dryness down there. But overall, I don't know. It's just in the in the beard and it softened it, and then it was done and over with. And like by the next day, even after using it for one week solid, I I really didn't notice any any difference. So mm. that's just but me. But I, I think I think it, it helped with the skin. I think it made my skin a lot softer and, and nicer because you know how sometimes you'll grow stuff out and then when you shave yourself clean, which I do fairly recently. Sometimes you get the uh, the dry, flaky skin, and, and this kept everything nice and moisturized. Nice. That's a win. I really liked the smell. Uh, un- an unexpected bonus of the of the the smell is that it, um, when you got your mask on, your mask just kind of holds it all in. So you're just right. smelling not your your nasty coffee breath per se, but uh, some nice nice beard oil there. So the oils they use are actually really high quality. I was surprised at how nice they are. So you've got. It's like, I don't know, seven different oils in here. You got almond, grape, avocado, argon, safflower, jojaba, sunflower, soybean. And Jabba the hut? Is Jabba a- Pizza the hut. There's got to be orange, though, or some kind of citrus, right? I mean, what's yeah. going to get that citrus smell? Yeah, so they do. They have, uh, it's, so the essential oils is where you're going to get that smell from. But it was, they got some weird stuff in here. I say weird because it's not things I've seen before, like potato extract and pea sprout extract, mm. slippery elk bark. Um, this yeah. sounds like the stuff that you that you find in old English, you know, like when you're doing the, the conditioning your your wood credenza or something like that. So maybe that's where they get it from. Yeah. So the the citral is what you're smelling for the all the citrus okay. stuff. They also have oak moss and like two others. I'm not going to try to pronounce, but uh, yeah. So the citral is basically the the, the oil that's in rose roses and citra uh, citronella. Yeah, <laughs> you know, citronella. Right, the same type of. Uh, I did notice the bugs. Yeah, they they didn't like to hang out around me after I, I used it. They mosquitoes uh, yeah. weren't biting. I just want to try. I said the two words you couldn't say: I, J- geranoil and linalool. <laughs> oh, get that those actual words. Linalool. Isn't one of those? Isn't that uh, cottonseed oil? Is that another word for cottonseed oil? I think. Uh, it could be. Could be. I think I could be wrong, but I asked the guys to, to have their wives do a wife check on it. And like, what do they thought? What do they think about it? What they thought about it? Mine gave it the thumbs up. She liked it. She approved it. So a lot of sometimes some of the stuff we have here is um, it's got too much like grass and like smoke and just weird stuff that it's not real pleasant. But uh, what what do you guys think? It's very subtle. She had to like actually stick her nose right into my goatee to get it. But she's like, yeah, yeah, citrus. But yeah, it's not not very. It's not perfumey which is good though i don't think you want something that's like perfumey to be kind of radiating necessarily from that but it's i like, I like the subtlety <laughs> i would think it, if it's perfume under your nose the entire time it'd get a little yeah a little tiresome mrs irish giant agreed with me it was it was nice like when you first put it on and stuff like that but after after that it kind of just wears off well well at least you know when you're doing it it's good at least has a nice smell it's not oh oh my god please wipe this off don't kiss me yeah yeah it wasn't like inducing allergies or anything like that it just it seems like a nice clean product yeah i was really impressed i've i thought like i said it moisturized for me pretty well it it rubbed on easily 
it wasn't Ooh, yeah. oily, uh, super oily in my hands or in my beard. Um, that's what I was saying. That, that's the one thing I really liked about it. It wasn't like I had to start scrubbing my hands with soap and hot water to get the excess off. You know, it's like it absorbed. And then I just rubbed the rest of it into my hands and it was a nice moisturizer. It wasn't greasy or nasty or anything. Nice. So the only thing negative I have about the the product, it's not even the product itself. It's just the container. Um, it comes in, you know, the I distribute it is an eyedropper and doesn't hold the, the friction very well of the oil. So like I'm dropping my hand and I put it back in the bottle and then I put it on and then I go move the bottle and there's like this massive oil on the bottom. So it was kind of a kind of pita keeping it clean, but the yeah. actual product itself, I think it's, you know, five stars. I have no problems with it. And again, it's, it's high quality oils. Like it's not, it's not, uh, it's not castor oil and, you know. Isn't the castor oil the thing that they used to, I, that, isn't there like an old timey use for castor oil? Or I don't like. Some, yeah, it can be. It can be used as a laxative. A laxative. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I try to steer clear. Here's a here's a pro tip: steer clear of uh, beard oils that can be used for laxatives. Yeah, actually, okay. Now that I think about it, one one thing I didn't like about it is because I did use it on my mustache too, and when the mustache acts as a flavor saver, uh, it was bitter. Um, which I'm guessing that anything that's meant to go around your mouth, it's okay to ingest a little bit, but it, it was pretty, pretty bitter and nasty. Um, so any of those products, I would, I would say, just try to minimize the amount that's going to potentially go on your tongue. So just to finish up the show, Jim found an article off of ksat.com, which just talks a little bit about uh, keeping your beard clean during the, uh, the pandemic. And uh, you want to talk a little bit about it or basically it's, it's just uh maintaining the like maintaining the beard like using clippers plus like you can also use like there's like beard combs also too because like you our story you mentioned flavor saver you want to kind of maybe check after you've eaten to like make sure there's nothing actually being saved in the beard itself and that's why you use the beard comb if you don't want to clip it too too close um Definitely also because like the mustache can get, I've had this problem too. The mustache can get a little overgrown over your lip a little bit, a little bit. So you need to, so you definitely need to trim it uh, so it doesn't hang over your lip, which I've seen some people do, especially some of the more fancy mustache people are like, they don't quite trim it enough. So it's like kind of hanging over and it's like, ugh, got that. I mean, how do you not taste that every time you eat something or drink something? As a person who has had a giant mustache before and beard, it's, uh, they don't tell you that like when you drink yeah. soup or coffee or anything you have to be really careful where your where your mustache is and in old-timey films where like they take the the napkin and like they're wiping their face like man that guy's really wiping his face hard yeah they're getting all this stuff out of the beard all their mustache i thought the uh the other hobos at the soup kitchen would have talked to that you know because <laughs> uh you were looking a little homeless there i'm, I'm really glad yeah. to clean that up yeah is it is it is it is he hip is he a hipster or is he a hobo? Uh, yeah, there you, that, that's a game show, dude. That's a game show, hipster or hobo. That's, that's a game that's, show. That's a new game show. We're gonna we should make that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's the old school guess who game. Yeah, exactly. Hipster or hobo, and also having a a new set of clippers will help. Also, they mentioned like uh, going against the grain will remove more hair. Yeah, that I, uh, that threw me because uh, when I shave, it's all well, not like my neck, but like with the clippers, mm-hmm. it's always against the grain because it's that's how you would hold them, I would think, but. uh I I did try that the other day. I was trimming stuff up, and uh, it, it's a difference. You know, you definitely take away less. Like your your number three or number four is uh, a lot more hair if you go against with the grain rather. With the grain. Mm-hmm. 
but then you're holding that backwards and upside down. It was, it was awkward. I think the last thing was again, with uh, washing your beard after you wash it, not to, not to be too rough with it and then just kind of pat it dry and not, not just, uh, just not just run a towel over it. Crazy. Just kind of keep it mellow. And then, so, cause it can get brittle and it'll get wiry and, and after I just apply the beard oil, you should be good. And I, I'm bad. I, I just take my towel and like and wipe my face as hard as possible, get everything off. And I yeah. never really thought about it. It's, it's hair, you know. I would say that it's for people that have longer beards, definitely be softer with it because because like if it's close to your face, okay. It's it's fine if you want to just run the towel over it. But if it's longer, treat it like a like like because women treat their long hair differently. So treat yours differently too. So that's what be my advice. Wise words. He doesn't have a beard, but a long beard, but I see plenty of dudes that do. All right, so that's that's our show. We've uh, we had our beer, we had our bourbon whiskey. Well, it's not a bourbon whiskey, but it's a whiskey, and we uh, informed you about some awesome beard stuff. So I think that's going to do it for us. If you hang around just a little bit longer, we'll get into the silent pee. This is your host Greg Scott. With me, as always, I got my two good friends, Jay Bieberton and the Irish Giant. And we are on the social medias. We have a Facebook account and we have a Twitter account with some weird names such as Bourbon Beards. Hit us up. We like to hear from you. And uh, we do have a website as well. It's uh, bbbpodcast.net. So triple B podcast.net. Anyway, we appreciate you listening to the show and I think that's going to do it. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for saying to the end of the show and to the silent B. This is the portion of the show where we just make things up, uh, stream of thought, have a good time. It's a, it's a deep cut. It's all the stuff that doesn't make it to the show. Sometimes we have a random guest who join us. Uh, it's like today, we have our, our good friend out from Alaska. We've got Ian Breckenridge joining us to, for our Silent B. Say hi, Ian. Hi, Ian. Quality content here on the Silent B. Yeah, it's better than the intern, the last intern we had. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, for today's Silent B. So playing a lot of video games at the house because, you know, there's not a lot to do. There's, there's the work stuff at the house. There's the uh, food stuff at the house. And there's just the, everything that happens at the house because um, of the COVID. So playing a lot of old school video games. And I was thinking, you know, what would be a cool video game, like an old video game that needs a reboot? Something that maybe that means a lot to you or, you know, maybe it's like a you know, a reboot that's been done before that just sucked hard because there's a lot of those or uh, maybe it's a, like Tribes, like a studio that just got bought out by, or a series of bought out of a studio, got bought out by three or different studios and now just mm. lives in a dumpster. Atari is the same thing. Like Atari's yeah. been bought and sold, I don't know, a half dozen times at least. So it's just, you know, it's a distribution, but the gist is there. So yeah. So what, what old school video game do you think needs a reboot? You may never have even heard of this game. Uh, it was it was an arcade game back in the early '80s, and then they ported it over to the original NES. Uh, it's called Spy Hunter. I and, oh yeah, I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah I, I love that there, Spy the... Hunter. Yeah, so it's just a little for those of you who have never heard of it or weren't alive when it originally came out. So you are driving your little car, kind of looks like a DeLorean, uh, from the top down vantage point, and you basically have to just survive driving through levels and you've got this spy car with a machine gun built in and you can get oil slicks and smoke screens and uh all kinds of stuff like that and you basically have to survive other cars trying to destroy you or knock you off the road there's a, a water level too you can drive a boat wow uh, i've never made it to the water level 
That's oh yeah, water, water levels is even more difficult. Um, yeah, it's just a great little game, and the arcade version is awesome because you got the little pedal and steering wheel. But the the NES version is great too. I keep hoping Nintendo's going to bring it to their virtual console for the Switch, but alas, it has not happened yet. But I love I love that game. It's got a lot of sentimental value to me, and I think it could be done. Not even switching it to like like a first person perspective. I think just done two D with upgraded graphics and the same vantage point. Um, I, I think you know it could be it could be a lot of fun still. If you guys ever go to video game bars, which are just the greatest concept since sliced bread, you can still find some old school uh, Spy Hunters. There's Player One in Orlando has it. Yep. And uh, nothing yeah, nothing as fun as like slamming the, the stick shift down and hitting the gas and then creaming into a car because you can't drive because you're drunk. Yeah. But, and, then, um, and, then, and then stalling because you don't know how to work a clutch. And then, yeah, yeah. 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 But, yeah, that's a, that's a classic. That's a really great game. So would you... So just to keep it the same and just uh, maybe yeah, new new levels, you know, new levels maybe upgraded with more with technology that's a little bit more uh, pertinent, you know, like maybe some some GPS abilities, you know, where you can you know <laughs> bring in, you know, you can access like a satellite in orbit and like you know blow somebody off the map, you know, with, with a laser burst from orbit or something crazy like that. Uh, maybe small nuclear weapons on your on your vehicle a little pocket uh, nuke. this pops out. yeah a little pocket nuke or something like that um and then i am just gonna jump over to one other thing so on the uh on the switch on their virtual console you, you know they've got original dlc and they just released the 20th anniversary 25th anniversary i think yeah, 25th of uh duke nukem and oh. uh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and this Duke Nukem has new levels designed by the original people who, who did it. Uh, they brought back the original voice actor, and uh, and uh, they brought back the dude who did the original score too, and he wrote all the music for this. So it's it's the original Duke Nukem, and then there's like I think a new level with eight different maps built into it, and it's on sale mm. for five dollars right now. So uh, why I have not purchased it yet, I don't know. I'm going to do that, but. Uh, just throwing that out there. Yeah, Duke thanks Nukem. for the heads up. Duke, I, Duke, Duke, Duke Nukem forever, man. Dude, I loved Duke Nukem back in the day. That was a, the greatest first person yeah. shooter ever. Yeah, watch, watch watch the advert for it, and it's, and it's like something like you know, frag like it's nineteen ninety six, and it was just <laughs> like, oh, that, that that's awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And then one more, one more thing is I'm on a roll, and then I'll leave it alone. I think uh, redoing Double Dragon would be potentially amazing with with modern graphics and gameplay. And then all right, that's it. Um, but I would keep it a classic, you know, two D side scroller, but just you know, modernize it a little bit. Nice. And now, nice. now I'll stop. <laughs> Mine is from the illustrious studio of Lucas Arts. They, uh, it's you know, it's offshoot of you know George Lucas, his his art group, his game. Jar Jar Binks group. Rad Racer. Oh man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but they, they used to make these awesome uh, action-adventure games, like puzzle action-adventure games. My favorite one was Indiana Jones and, like, The Lost City of Atlantis, I believe was what it's called. And it's, you know, it, it, it was, it's, a, it's not a side scroll. It's a kind of a top-down game and with, the, you know, the 8-bit graphics or 16-bit graphics. But you walk around, you solve puzzles. Like, and you're like, like Pitfall? Well, it's not a side-scroller, no. So Pitfall is you go across the screen. This is kind of a top-down, almost like zelda is. Oh, okay. I remember it's old because they had, you know, pirate, you know, piracy has always been a problem for games. And uh, to log in, to, to use the game, you had to use your book, like the manual that came with it. And they had all these like archaic symbols around on each page. And you had to like 
they would give you like a page number and you had to go like find the page number in the book and like read off and type in the, the whatever symbols are there to get into the game. Mm. And uh, I would love to see another Indiana Jones game that's similar vein. Was it kind of like, like not- King's Quest? For like Sierra Nevada, like the or was it like that or was it? I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna say I didn't play King's Quest. So okay, I can't say it was I like Sierra who... Nevada made those old games where it's like like point and click adventures though. It's like you have to enter text to like example. That's how, that's how the uh, the where the one of the original Where in the World is Carmen San Diego's on the PC used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Naughty Dog was actually supposed to do or allegedly were supposed to do an Indiana Jones reboot. Actually, it wasn't a reboot. They were Naughty Dog was making. Uncharted and LucasArts oh. was making an Indiana Jones one. And then they saw Uncharted and they're like, oh man, that's so much better than our game. We just, we're just going to stop making it. So, <laughs> there almost was one, but uh, you know, maybe in the future. And uh, Disney's really rocking and rolling right now. So I guess I'll kind of segue into what I was going to do. I, I said it as a joke at the beginning of the show. It probably didn't make the cut, but uh, they should remake E.T. For, from Atari. <laughs> now, there's a whole backstory to this. Oh, there's this, there's the Netflix documentary on how the game was created and rushed to stores or not didn't get to stores in time and it was poorly designed because they had to rush it. That's horrible. Kind of, kind of the current day. Let's dig up the the cartridges in the desert that they bury. But it just it needs to have a reboot and just design it the right way this time. Actually put effort into it because originally well, they put a they, lot of effort into it. But they, but they rushed it. They, they, yeah. the, game, the controls were were wonky, and you fell down the hole, and you couldn't get back up. And you then, couldn't get up the hole once you fell down. It was, it was yeah, yeah, it was so, it was so bad. It was good in retrospect. Well, no, it wasn't. It's just nostalgic because of the graphics yeah. and everything. Yeah. And, oh, at the time, yeah, I mean, people fucking hated it. But but they made people, Indiana Jones. They did the Indiana Jones thing first, I thought, which made Luke like Lucas, or not Lucas, but uh, Spielberg was like, I'm on board with this. So you have my green light to. Well, they to, didn't to hammer out like the licensing, right? Until like six weeks before it was supposed to be in stores or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and then well, yeah, but he he gave yeah he yeah he they he gave them like lip service, but yeah, he he, he still kind of fought them on their on the on the rights and everything. But yeah, then they but then they finally got it, but then they had to rush it, uh, and they had, again, it's the it's it's just suffered for bad controls. So just remake that as what it was supposed to be, but keep the graphics. And make it oh, so 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 your your ideal is the same game, yep. same side scroll, same graphics, yep. same everything, music, mm-hmm. and just make it not suck. Yes. <laughs> make it playable. Yes, okay. which is sort of a reboot, I guess. But that's that. Yeah, that's. I think it would. People would buy it. I think people I think would definitely would. buy it. I mean, like they're they're digging out in the freaking desert and mm-hmm. trash dumps looking for original cartridges to play yeah. this game. So I mean, they're. Someone was invested enough to do that. I think you probably find an audience for it. Well, plus they're probably trying to resell them. I mean, we probably make like sell for a ridiculous amount Maybe. for a video game collector. Yeah, what's what's the original Mario unopened cartridge sold for like a hundred thousand or more? It was it was a insane. Seriously? Yeah, wow. absolutely. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be my yeah, remake ET. Let's do it. Hashtag remake ET. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Start and I, I was actually kind of like I didn't hear you make that joke, but I was gonna make that joke actually if you uh, I've actually watched that documentary, but I've also listened to a couple of podcasts about that subject specifically. And yeah, that I, I thought was, I thought would be a really interesting thing to redo. So yeah, that, that I think would make a lot of sense. I don't even think in like a joke way, but you know, if I, if I had to throw my very limited gaming two cents in there, I want, I, I, I want to remake Battletoads. Like 
All right. At least the first, at least the first three ep- like first three like levels, because those are the only ones I ever got through. Yeah, I never made it past the first one, dude. It's such a hard game. <laughs> it can be beaten because I've seen it beaten because like the speedrunners have like there's this thing on on those YouTube and are Twitch. Not human. They're metahuman. They are metahumans, but I've seen them play it like on like for charity, and I, it is possible to do it. But I'm like, I could never. I don't know how they just hours and hours of like making repetition and practice. And, yeah, yeah. So you'd make it. Make, you lower the difficulty, is what you're saying. At least on the third level, I don't know beyond that. Oh, the yeah, the the, the bike. Yeah, the, those were. Oh my god. Or just make it so that you can select your level of difficulty, like so many games nowadays do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the slide yeah, scale of. Exactly. Yeah, that is a good thing about new games. You can be like, do I want hardcore or die once it's done? Or like, I just want to experience the game and, you know, I can die as many times as I want. So that is a, it's a benefit new, new game. I've had a lot knowledge. of time. I spent a lot of time on that game and didn't get anywhere. The soundtrack well, was great. I mean, the, 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 the soundtrack was great. The gameplay was great. Yeah, just a difficult oh, yeah. thing off the scale. Yeah, I have the, uh, the pause music from that as a ringtone for a while. Mm. But so was that an arcade game originally? Or NES. Was that a NES. I think it was NES. It okay. was NES. And I think there was a crossover game later on the Super Nintendo. It was like uh, Battletoad Double Dragon. Yep. I never played that one. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that. That one was very glitchy. I've seen that being played, too, on, online. And that, that game was glitched out. Well, and I guess, uh, so to backtrack a little bit, I think that was part of the problem with E.T. was they were forcing a lot more stuff into the actual space that they had to program in mm-hmm. so they were like stealing stuff from other places oh, and, like the programming end of the things assets and programming yeah yeah it's a, it's interesting to think about like old it's not necessarily for cartridge games because it's a it's a fine medium but like old like the old ultimate series and the old uh, x-wing series um they came on like 3.5 millimeter floppies which is like a hard disk mm. medium that has 1.4 megabits, 1.44 megabits per side or something. It's, it's a ridiculously small amount of information. And they always had to make their games fit in X number of floppies because if, you know, if your game had four floppies, you'll make a profit. But if it was five floppy disks, oh man, you're just not gonna make any money with the game because it's too expensive. So they had to cut and cut. And, and it's something today you don't see because you know oh i bought this new game on ps4 i'm gonna download the 100 gigabit patch day one mm-hmm. for it to work you know and it's just n- entirely world's different all right guys all the games that's all the games Put all the games all the games are belong to us mm-hmm. that's right all the bases from all the games are belong to us there you go oh speaking of bases how about how about redoing contra I mean, it was so classic and so good, but it might be nice so to see a modern So you say we do Contra. Uh, I keep trying to, you know, I try, I keep trying to get these guys to do a let's play of uh, Broforce. Broforce is Contra, but it's all the action heroes from the eighties. Is that the game you made me download? Possibly. <laughs> what was it for the, for, for, for the for the Switch? The no, no, Super it, it Fire. Oh, that was Mother. That was Mother Russia Bleeds. Oh, that was Mother Russia. That's actually a fun game, by the way. That's a Mother pretty Russia good game. Yeah. Bleed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the wife and I played together. It's a, it's a side scroll, uh, smash them kind of game, like a uh, final, final fight. No. Oh, is it a beat 'em up or is it a? It's a beat 'em up. Okay. Like a yeah, it's like final, Dragon, uh, final Fury or something like that. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, no, no. So to, to go back to circle back to Broforce. Broforce is like all the '80s heroes, 
you know, Schwarzenegger, all the iterations of Schwarzenegger and Stallone and et cetera. And it's a side scroll game where you just, you just do Contra stuff. So it's, are it's you fun. Or are you, are you like working to a common goal or is it against it's four people co-op single screen, like a couch sit. And mm. uh, you can only go as far as, you know, each of you are at and you jump up and shoot things. They have robots you can jump in and fight with. It's uh, that's like, okay. the, that's like a uh, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, I played Which is a badass game, too. It is a good game. The Turtles entirely designed to eat as many yeah. quarters as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, clearly. <laughs> good job. Yeah, and like X-Men. Like the X-Men oh, arcade yeah, game yeah. is like that, too. Yeah. Well, it's Simpsons. It's the player one. Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, I really doesn't... like the X-Men game, though. That's, that's really? probably my go-to. I like the X-Men game. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler, man, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, they did, and they had Dazzler on there for some reason. I'm like, why is Dazzler here? Cheap IP. <laughs> really went 90s with that. <laughs> cheap licensing agreements. Yeah. Not mm, even Jubilee, probably. Dazzler. Cheaper than Jubilee, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to round out our show. We appreciate you listening to us. Uh, this is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. This is our Silent B, the deep cut of all the random things that doesn't fit into the show. Silent B. After hours. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Greg Scott, and with me I've got three great friends. Jay Beaverton. Irish Giant. Ian Breckenridge. Yeah. Again, thanks for tuning in. We are on Facebook. We have a website, bbbpodcast.net, and we are on the Twitter sphere at Bourbon Beards. Right on. <laughs>